1: yo what's up welcome to kind of funny games daily for wednesday june 29th 2022 and when your host blessing adio jr joining me is ign host and producer stella chung stella welcome back
2: hi glad to be here i was really surprised to get the dm from greg last night being like hey do you want to be on with blessing and i'm like sure i missed him last time because uh he was playing hooky i mean sorry sick so
1: well that's the thing is like (laughs) the thing about kind of funny is that people are always getting sick and so today we were Mm. supposed to have janet garcia Janet got sick. And then yesterday I was like, hey, Greg, have you figured out what games day looks like for me tomorrow? And he was like, Oh shit. No, I'm not. Okay, let me know. Let me text the let me text the number one games journalist that I know at IGN. Oh Sal- my
2: John. God. Okay. Yeah. You're oh man, you're you're just buttering me up right now, huh?
1: Oh yeah. So I can knock you down during these news stories. What is the scorn update?
2: Uh, it's <laughs> there. last time you last time
1: you're here, you're like the biggest scorn fan. They revealed the release date with a new trailer. Are you like, are you excited for the
2: release of scorn now? i i mean i've been excited are you more excited yeah because like okay so it's one of those things where you're just like oh cool it's still being developed that you know it's the the path to release is looking great uh so yeah excited it looks great um i prefer this over callisto project because callisto project looks really scary and the dead space remake also looks super scary but this just looks gross right i can handle gross i can't handle scary shit are you not so, a horror person i cannot handle horror very well so no uh mm. Yeah, definitely not a horror person um yeah i actually just played little hope which was the dark pictures anthology and anthology game and uh the little like jump scares they had it fucking got me hated it
1: are you are you at all interested in the quarry
2: yeah i am actually
1: yeah the quarry the quarry is dope the, the thing is like when i go through the fucking uh, super massive titles right like the mm-hmm. quarry is the one that kind of brought me back in a big way because like you mentioned not being into horror i'm somebody who i'm very recently like super into horror Right? Okay. Like between Stranger Things, between what was the uh fucking house the House on the Hill? The sh- the latest show from that from that dude. Barry, you know which one I'm talking about. The, the one. the
3: shows that uh Raul are
1: in, right? Yeah. The one the, the oh, latest show from Raul Pole. Uh,
2: uh Fuck, what is that called? Um uh, Midnight Mass. Midnight yeah, Mass, Midnight
1: thank night. you. Night. Watching Midnight Mass followed by Stranger Things, followed by playing the quarry. I was like, shit. I might be very big in horror, so right now, like of Protocol* is one that I'm, I'm super anticipating. The Scorn mm. is also like the Scorn is on my list, not necessarily for the horror of it, but I'm, I'm kind of with you that I think the gross aspects of it seem pretty interesting. I yeah. kind of want to get my hands on on that flesh gun.
2: Right? Oh my god! Like the reload is so squelchy and shit. It's great. Anyways, yeah, we keep going. Last time I was here, people were like, "Oh, Still is a freak," and I'm like, "Yeah, y'all been knowing." That's the brand.
1: <laughs> yeah. <had> <laughs> Well, Stella, enough about this freaky shit. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Blizzard acquiring a new studio, Sony starting a PC gaming brand, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. It's at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, housekeeping for you a new kind of funny games cast is up and it is me greg and andy and maybe one of the most chaotic games cast episodes of all time because kevin is out barrett is out and tim was out they were all out yesterday uh, so it was me greg and andy having a to stitch together this, this episode with duct tape uh, but we talk about whether or not we're still in love with our nintendo switches that is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe we're also recording our miss marvel episode 4 review pretty much right now as i speak uh, that'll be up on youtube.com slash kind of funny and on the screencast podcast feed thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire and fargo brady today we're about to buy athletic greens but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report <laughs> it's time for some news we have seven stories today <laughs> a baker's dozen And before I get into story number one, Barrett, welcome back. You're in
3: Hawaii. Oh, thanks. Yes, I was in Hawaii until literally yesterday. How was the trip? It was great. It was a fun time. Uh, Some friends came with us as well to uh, finally celebrate Alyssa and I getting married two years ago, like a couple months into the pandemic. The original original plan was to like get married here, have a party here in San Francisco uh, for, you know, friends here and some of my family uh, back from Ohio and then do a separate celebration in Hawaii for a lot of like Alyssa's family that can't necessarily like fly anywhere and stuff like that. Um, And now we finally got to do that two years later. So that was really exciting. And uh, uh, we did a lot of fun stuff around the kind of party celebration, whatever you want to call it. Um, That was uh, really fun. Uh, we, we got to do some things with uh, with Dornbush uh, and uh Yusuf uh friends of the show. I saw really uh, fun pictures. I was like, damn. I kind of want to be in Hawaii right now. Yeah. It it, it was a great (laughs) time. Uh, We'll have plenty of stories to tell uh, on this month's uh, Kind of Funny Next Gen podcast recording later today. Going up this Sunday for patreon.com slash kindoffunny or patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames at the gold tier. At the gold Uh, tier? You can can write in if you're at the silver tier. Yeah, you can write in at the silver tier, but you can't watch... Uh, at the silver tier but you can watch at the gold tier. Um but yeah, we we have a, a we went to a friend's farm um and stuff like that. Oh. It would be some huh. some fun One of the from that.
1: one of those farms that Hawaii is well known for? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. When I think Hawaii, I just think farms.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of farming on Hawaii. What what what,
1: well, what is up well, of course, what is up with like this Tony Hawk pro skater or Tony Hawk underground?
2: Yeah, okay. I keep I st- oh wait, hold what? on. There's the link. Let me look at right,
3: yeah, this. Yeah, hold on. So I'll share it here through Discord so um, we booked an Airbnb uh, for the trip but we knew that we were flying in a day before the Airbnb was available So we knew we had to, like we had to book a, a hotel for like the first night and there's this hotel that alyssa's always wanted to stay at <laughs> called the Royal Hawaiian. Um, and she was trying to describe it to me when she booked it, and she was like, "Yeah, it's like this, uh, like this really prominent, like really historic hotel. It's pink." And I, was, I and I had a connecting moment in my brain where I was like, "Pink hotel, Hawaii? Oh my god! It's the it's oh the it's this the hotel the from Tony that's Hawk's so Underground. Stupid. So stupid! I just saw it. Happening.
2: It's so dumb."
3: <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We've got god a, damn it. we've got the um you know the very important moment from Tony Hawk's Underground. Of course. Your skater does the McTwist (laughs) over the rooftops. (laughs) And Dornbush and I got to see it live in person.
2: Stupid.
3: (laughs) That was fantastic. The
2: best part is this guy with the fucking (laughs) camcorder <laughs> the shit. That's
1: fucking amazing. I so like I watched the video and I did not put it together <laughs> that you had photoshopped oh you and Dorbush in there. I like I'm not I like I know well, very I know Photoshop. this mission. I
3: just edited it's the like picture Photoshop. like Yeah, you just, just you just, a just a do picture. it in there on Premiere. It's like a
2: fucking Oh, my God. Do you remember Windows Movie Maker? It's Oh, yeah. Literally that. Oh, yeah. I spent, I spent <laughs> two, two minutes making there. it
3: last night, and oh, that's all God. I really wanted. Like, when we took the picture, that was literally my vision God for it. it. I wasn't trying to put any more effort into it.
1: That's amazing. No. I watched the video, and I did not even think about the fact that it was you and Dornbush in there. That's I was so like, funny. oh, it's the NPCs watching it from the floor, and then it panned back. I they did are not... the
2: NPCs. <laughs> yeah,
3: we're the NPCs.
1: That could generic, be a cool crew name.
2: Generic white boys in the, Hawaii. I mean, they are the, NPCs. You're
3: talking
1: and, about so, <laughs> if Barrett and Dornbush start a band, I yeah. would
3: love it to be called the NPCs. If people are asking why is Dornbush there. Uh, for those who don't know, Dornbusch, uh again with the original wedding plans, was my best man, so that's why he came out on the trip for. Oh uh, yeah, so. that's well, cute. congratulations, Barrett. Love that. Yeah, for you.
2: congratulations for getting it in in Hawaii.
3: In Hawaii, you gotta yeah. you gotta love getting it in Hawaii.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Hell Except
3: yeah! Except for the sand, Barrett's...
2: but you know. At least you are on the farms, so maybe it was just like straw you had to worry about. Well, but, it wasn't. You know, we weren't just
3: going to farms. We also like hung out at the beach and stuff. I just what felt an, like the what animals was... at these farms, Garrett. <laughs> oh my god! I literally like shared pictures of it like last week. We'll talk Ew, about it on the next. You shared
2: pictures gen. of you getting it in. God oh damn! Oh my god! I'm get
3: to the really news, you freaks. <laughs> Let's
1: get into the Roper Report with story number one. Uh, Blizzard acquires Spellbreak Studio, proletariat. I'm pulling from Dean Takahashi at GamesBeat blizzard entertainment has acquired spellbreak maker proletariat to beef up the staff on its massively multiplayer online role-playing game world of warcraft under the deal boston-based proletariat will become part of blizzard and its team of 100 people will begin working on world of warcraft including the dragonflight expansion coming later this year spellbreak a battle royale game where wizards and witches cast spells at each other will be sunset the company announced this news yesterday Activision Blizzard, the parent company of, Bl- of or Activision Blizzard, the par- parent company of Blizzard, also folded Vicarious Visions, a longtime Activision studio, into Blizzard uh, to work on the Diablo franchise back in January 2021. Stella, you're one of my battle royale dudes. Right. You know about the battle royale genre. Fuck yeah, like, I'm
2: a dude. Finally. Fuck. Yeah. You're you're, you're one, rights again.
1: You're one of <laughs> God, yeah. you're, uh, you're on fire today. First of all, you're on fire. Second of all, you're one of the people I go to for like battle royale knowledge. Were yeah, you yeah, somebody yeah. who was in the spell break?
2: I actually really was. Yeah. So I remember playing like early in uh, early access slash alpha, whatever. Uh, I really loved it. It obviously had some issues that it needed to iron out, but all I know is that it kept improving. But of course, I feel like Spellbreak was one of those games that kind of suffered from being out in early access for too long. You know, Ark evolved also had this issue where it was out for so long that people are like oh well we already played this we already paid for it why would i want to play this when it's like fully out so spellbreak being out and in development for so long i think that actually ended up just kind of hurting them in the long run because it was a really good game it was so fun i mean you saw players like shroud and lyric playing this game and it had a lot of potential but the fact that it, they just took too long to really hone it in i think that's why it suffered from uh it, that's why it suffered in development hell so this is
1: this sad this this you to see it go away like was Spellbreak one that was still on your radar
2: yeah i constantly was looking for like the release date and stuff but you know mm-hmm. it, it was just they they did pump out updates but it just wasn't enough um and especially with other battle royales uh you know like fortnite doing so well and apex constantly being updated it's just hard to compete in that atmosphere um so yeah i, ju- I just feel like it was in development for a little bit too long here it sucks It it was such a fun game how
1: do you feel so are you somebody that plays world of warcraft
2: god i tried so hard to get into it i my ex was super into it so that was like the only time <laughs> like because he would be like oh hey i'm gonna go do some raids but like i like don't i'm gonna shut out the entire yeah. world so i'm just like oh i'll try getting into world of warcraft it's so fucking boring i'm so sorry it's so fucking boring
1: <laughs> yeah are you an um, are you an MMO person? Because that's the same thing I kind of experience, <laughs> right? I try to get into Final Fantasy XIV because Michael mm. High and my roommate and everybody's every single person I know that's like fucking like super nerdy into MMOs or Final <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> yeah, seems yeah, yeah. absolutely adore and evangelize Final Fantasy XIV in a way that makes me want to get into it, right? Like I mm. love games like Nier Automata. I love games like Undertale. And usually when I say that to people, they're like, "Oh, you should get into Final Fantasy XIV because like the soundtrack will hit you in the feels, the story will hit you in the feels. It tugs all those same emotional beats that those games do." And so Final Fantasy 14 is the MMO that I've tried to give the chance to. And even that, I, like, I, I put in hours into it, and I'm just like, I'm not, this This is not my kind of game, right? I do not belong in this space. <laughs> the closest thing that I can get into regarding an MMO probably would be a GTA Online, which I know is an MMO, but I kind of put it as adjacent in, in terms of a, like, you see, know, ongoing, like, I'm returning to it all the time. I'm uh, playing the new expansions, the new missions they add to that. Like, GTA Online, for all intents and purposes, is pretty much my MMO, and even like things like Genshin very much is an MMO because that's even barely mm. multiplayer. But like Genshin, I get into as well as like an ongoing type of game. Those are more the things that I lean into as opposed uh, as opposed to the Final Fantasy XIVs and the World of Warcrafts of the world. So I find this transition for the Spellbreak Studio proletariat. Going, getting absorbed by Blizzard to then work on World of Warcraft. Interesting. It's not one that affects me because I wasn't really playing Spellbreak. I, I played a little bit at launch. Yeah. Didn't really like it that much. I respected the the vision because it was this fantasy battle royale that was more about casting spells like i don't even think they had guns in the game it was very much no. like here's the rock spell here's the uh, ice spell here's the fire spell and it is you equipping equipping these spells and battling each other in that way which i think is novel i thought was yeah. interesting and cool but gameplay wise just didn't land with me as much but i did know that i had at least like if not a small audience there that was still supporting it so seeing it get, get absorbed it's very interesting in a way where it's like wow that's kind of not random, but also random at the same time. If you know what it, I mean. No,
2: it definitely feels random. Like, why are they going into World of Warcraft? I mean, it's good for them that they're, you know, getting bought out and they're still finding work, which is great. But it's it's a it's definitely like a a big change. But I guess it's it kind of makes sense because it's more about spells and stuff as opposed to like, hey, here's a Glock. <laughs> like- That's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, like thematically, the 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 DNA yeah. is is there. And yeah, the reason, like the one reason I say it's not as surprising is it didn't seem like Spellbreak was killing it. Right, When we talk about the battle royales right. that are in the space, usually you're talking about Apex, Fortnite, Warzone. Then, even below that, you're probably talking about PUBG and others. But, like, how often do we even talk about PUBG anymore, let alone a game like Spellbreak? No. Right? Yeah. Like, there are so few battle royales that I feel like come up in the conversation as far as hey, like, yeah, my friends, my friends and me love Rome Royale. Like, when was the last time you heard somebody say that? Oh, you know, God. I, I know there's probably an audience <laughs> there, but that's one where it's like it, how well is that game sustaining itself as opposed to like maybe the maybe that combined with uh paladins combined with the other games that that studio is making supporting yeah. each other right spell Break seems like one that just wasn't long for this world and the way that i look back at a game like darwin project that i really loved right a oh different kind god. of better yeah yeah that was, so project cool. was off the chain
2: oh it was so cool it had such good ideas oh my god I God, that was such a cool game. But and, like, it hurt yeah.
1: me so much when that game shut down. Because I fucking, I really, I really dug Darn Project, oh. right? It was the 12-player free-for-all. You're in an yeah. open environment. It is, you know, survival, crafting, but it also is, like, one player is the show host that is controlling the things that are going on in the map in a really cool way. And I had such fun playing that game, but that game went away because it didn't have the fan base there, even though it had any shot. That included me, right? Like, Spellbreak, <laughs> I think, is a very similar thing, and to see yeah. it not... Perform to to the way that they probably wanted it to perform. It probably come down to the studio being like, "All right, like, hey, Blizzard is approaching us with this opportunity. We can cut from Spellbreak and chase the bag, and and you know let the studio and the hundred people we have working here continue to have work and continue to thrive under Blizzard, or continue working on this thing that has an uncertain future." I totally understand how you let go of Spellbreak and go, "All right, fuck it, <laughs> like, let's work work on World of Warcraft," because also. This Blizzard is World of Warcraft. Think about how many how many people people's dream job that is to work on something like World of Warcraft.
2: That's fair. I mean, it yeah, it's it's definitely um, one of those things where it's like I don't blame them at all, but you know, it it does suck a little bit. But yeah, the audience was definitely not there. Uh, also, you asked me, but then you kind of went on a ramble about your own preference. I, did rant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Final Fantasy fourteen for some reason. That is the only MMO that has actually been able to. Uh, capture my attention and I think it has to do with the fact that you can customize your character for like down to the tiniest detail um so I I actually really did like Final Fantasy 14 Uh, it just takes me a really long time to like I go between waves and wanting to play a game that's like a you know you have to go from one point to another and it's after a certain point you're just like okay I'm just doing fetch quests this is kind of annoying but at the same time like the community is so great um I really love the fact that I can you know dress up my character however I want. And uh, yeah, I, I love that sort of stuff. Also, the raids are super cool. Um, and the story in Final Fantasy XIV is actually so good, which is why it actually captures my attention as opposed to like, I don't know, World of Warcraft. I'm just like, I don't, there's so much to catch up on. I don't care. Yeah. Like... I think that's
1: the other thing that has me attracted <laughs> to more just something like 14 or other uh, contemporary uh, uh, yeah. MMOs as opposed to WoW is that I know there's so much history to World of Warcraft that I don't feel like catching
3: myself up on.
2: Yeah. Also, you can get married in Final Fantasy XIV, so maybe you and uh, Barrett can uh, tie things down. You know,
3: we can, no, we can I, go to a farm I literally in just <laughs> got back from Hawaii to celebrate me being tied down for the last two. You do You don't want to get
2: tied down again. You don't want to get it in again.
3: No, I'm good in the virtual space, Barrett. Me, yeah.
2: You,
3: Final Fantasy XIV.
1: They got, got the whole, they got their carry. Own let's Hawaii. In that game. Let's go. Let's <laughs> fucking let's go. Let's fucking go. Yeah, it just seems like a
3: lot of work. I feel like it, we probably got to get to a certain level for that to happen. Bless you know you know how these fucking games go.
1: Hey man, you know we can we can get up there right? The confidant levels. We can level that thing up slowly. Get to ten. All of a sudden. It's Valentine's Day, and you've discovered that I have so many other partners, and it becomes a problem. Uh, but to get back to the story for a second, <laughs> it's such right? A specific
3: like, specific reference.
1: <laughs> it is such a specific reference. And let me tell you, first time that happened to me in Persona, I was like, oh, shit. Did not think that Yukiko would discover this other chick that I'm talking to. But hey, you know, it happens. Valentine's Day. Prepare everybody. Uh, but to get back to the story for a second, right? The I, I find it interesting that the story uh, invokes the uh, Vicarious Visions thing right? Where Vicarious Visions got folded into working on uh, Diablo. In Vicarious Visions, that was the studio that was working on uh, Tony Hawk 1 plus 2. They also put out uh, the Crash Bandicoot remake. And according to Tony Hawk, they're also going to work on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 plus 4, which would have been my dream project from Vicarious Visions because I fucking love Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. And so it hurts my heart uh, that Tony Hawk spilled the beans on that one because I could have gone without knowing that (laughs) that that game got uh, put on the shelf. Um, That's a thing that I think that's the one part of this that kind of bums me out. The corporate consolidation, right? Like I like the idea of studios being able to put out their own ideas, uh, lean into those ideas, and have a bunch of different vibrant games that are painting the ecosystem, right? Not everything needs to be a bona fide hit. Not everything needs to be a breakout uh, uh, success that is making millions and billions of dollars. The fact that Spellbreak wasn't doing great, and that then allows the studio to get absorbed by activision blizzard which is a studio that has been doing a lot of this not not to make new games but to to continue to work on the big money makers that they already have i think that is the big bummer for me out of this story like the corporate consolidation in the industry continues to be a thing that concerns me and scares me not in a doom and gloom way not in a oh the sky is falling kind of way because when studios get get bought up other studios other studios at the same time are being created right and so you have a thing like callisto protocol come through uh from a new studio or you have um a bunch of other studios come through and work on on uh new games right that's no mm-hmm. moon studio coming out and working on a game who knows what kind of game that they could be working on certainly not a star wars um you have <laughs> stuff like that happening uh and so like i don't want to be doing gloom about it but it's also the thing that i'm gonna be a little bit gloom about because i don't know man i the, the, the buying up studios to have them work on games that are already successful and popping I, I i wish they could work on something else i wish they could just make a new game
2: but yeah you you like you like developers working on stuff that they're passionate about right and that yeah. makes sense but You know, I I think we're just in that era of seeing a lot of acquisitions happening. And this was a smaller acquisition, but still for Blizzard, like they have been taking on so many different studios and so many more uh, employees. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess this isn't too surprising. But the fact that that's not something that we should be surprised at anymore, it it says a lot about the industry right now.
1: 100%. Story number two, Sony starting a new gaming brand for PC. This is Cameron Faulkner at The Verge. Sony is attempting to reach out to to more than just PS5 gamers with its new InZone brand of gaming monitors and headsets. Made for PC, but with specs to take full advantage of the PS5, along with the Xbox Series X and the the $899 InZone M9 is the flagship product of the bunch. It's a 27-inch 4K IPS gaming monitor built to match the the aesthetic of the PS5 while having basically every imaginable spec that gamers may universally want, sans OLED panel, of course. It has 144Hz refresh rate, that's not so common to find with a 4K screen, a one millisecond response time, variable refresh rate, plus DisplayPort and HDMI 2.1 ports. It can also display video via a USB-C. In a mind-boggling move, Sony doesn't include any video cables with the $899 M9. Sony spokesperson Chloe Kanta shared a statement with The Verge that said the company chose not to to include those because, quote, the required cable type, version, and length are different based on a customer's use case, end quote. There's a cheaper $529 M3 monitor coming this winter that makes some omissions to meet the lower price point. It lops off full array local dimming drops to 1080p and bumps the HDR, HDR down to 400 nits of peak brightness. Otherwise, the feature set is similar with one exception. The refresh rate goes up to 240 hertz. Moving on to the other product category uh, that Sony's end zone is launching, headsets. The H9 sits at the top of this new lineup, rocking big over ear cans, and has the ability to handle both 2.4GHz wireless and Bluetooth simultaneously. The design is nothing like the Pulse 3D headset that Sony launched alongside the PS5. Instead, it's more similar to competing gaming headsets featuring highly adjustable sidearms, a flip-to-mute microphone that can offer a healthy dose of side tone, and pillowy earpads. Like its monitor. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> was it the pillowy ear pads that yeah, got you? What
2: the fuck? It's
1: soft. You want uh, you want soft headphones. You gotta love that. I uh,
2: guess. Like its you monitors.
1: To say it that way, you know. Pillowy ear pads. Like its why, monitors.
2: That- Anyway, sorry, continue. (laughs) Uh,
1: Like it's modern, Sony has a unique angle with the H9 uh, that other hardware makers haven't tried, to my knowledge. PC players can install its in-zone companion app along with Sony's 360 Spatial Sound Personalizer to get a more customized spatial audio profile. Oddly, doing this requires you to take pictures of your ears. And yes, Sony claims that doing this will actually improve (laughs) audio. It all comes full circle. Because, what, two years ago, around this time, when Sony was first revealing the PS5, there was the whole... I don't know if you remember this, Ella. The Mark Cerny talking in front of a fake audience of just like shadowy shadowy figures. (laughs) And he was talking, yes, this is like during GDC. He was talking about like all the technical hardware specs of the PS5. One of the things he talked about was the uh, strides they were making in headphone technology. And one of the things he mentioned was the fact that you'd be able to take pictures of your ears, send them to Sony and they would be able to improve your audio quality based on the shape of your ears. No,
2: no, 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 no. This is someone just this is like when they ask for like hey, what shoes are you wearing and they secretly want feet pics. Someone has an ear, someone has an ear fetish and that's what they're asking for right now. Like, don't don't give them that chat. Don't give them that. I,
1: I love the different life experiences we have because, like, as you said, oh, it's like when somebody <laughs> asks you, like, what size of shoes you're wearing. In my head, they're about to get robbed. <laughs> I'm about to get like, oh, yeah, and then they rob you of your sh- of your shoes.
3: Dude, I forgot, like, oh how my Mystery Science Theater this audience looked. It's fucking hilarious oh God, to go this back is... to.
2: No. This
3: is. Oh. <gasps> this was. Oh my this my was God. a
2: God. CDC you're talk.
1: Because this was at the beginning of pandemic when nobody knew what to do. <laughs> Everybody was <laughs> well, freaking out. They were like, this? how do we do a presentation?
2: Not this.
1: Well, yeah, Mark Cerny, toward the end of it, he was like, yeah, you can take pictures of your ears and mail it to Sony. And, they'll no. do the thing. and now you have it. And mail it to app, Mark
3: Cerny at Sony. <laughs> <com>.
1: <laughs> I do like the fact that it seems like, from what I understand, it is you're just installing an app. You're taking pictures of your ears. And then I assume you upload it to the app and the app autom- automates it in some way. I assume that's how it works. Maybe they do it mail you new headphones. I have no idea. But... I'm glad, I'm glad to see this is actually happening and I hope it improves audio quality because I'm totally down to do this. This sounds awesome.
2: If I'm sending free ear pictures, it better. If it doesn't give me like <laughs> custom all pillowy stuff. cushiony goodness, I don't want it. But also I, so I've been using like in-ear earbuds and this is from Sennheiser and they're like just as great. Dude, Sennheiser I, is fantastic. Yeah. I just can't do the over the ear stuff anymore, especially yeah. with like glasses and stuff. So for me, it's like it's not as comfortable anymore. I don't care how pillowy it is. It's just not as comfortable because like it's still pressure on your head. So I'm just like, you know, I'm fine. I'm good.
1: How do you feel about Sony leaning into the PC side of things, starting an actual PC brand and making actual hardware geared toward that audience?
2: Lower the price and then I'll think about it.
1: Yeah, it's expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. $899 for the flagship monitor.
2: Yeah. And That's then you, you, you want me to send out free ear pictures? no, 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 no. Pay for my ear pictures so that I can pay for that monitor and then we'll, and then we'll talk. Okay. (laughs) That is so much money. Like I look, I love gaming, but I don't love gaming that much. You know what I mean? Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of money. I do think that the idea of it is smart, right? Especially now that you're having more PlayStation first party games come to PC, like, you know you got uncharted you got uh, uh i forget if last of Us part one is actually coming or not but you have uh, you have god of war or not Ragnarok, you have god of war the original god of war uh 2018 coming to pc you have like a whole yeah. slate of games now come, making their way to pc for playstation and with that doubling down and going cool how do we cater to the audience so that we can one make more money <laughs> off that audience but then also mm-hmm create an ecosystem that they can uh subscribe to you know create g- get those monitors out there get more headsets geared toward that audience get other stuff right like what if you could double down and get playstation premium and all that stuff on pc in a way that is going to engage the audience more um i think i think it's smart but yeah i do think that there's going to be a lot of learnings in terms of cool how do we do this and also make it viable at the same time in terms of price point and making making sure the technology is there and everything
2: yeah, you bring up a good point about how Sony is like starting to dip into PC gaming, and I, I know people hate to compare the two, but I seriously think that Xbox Game Pass has given Sony an idea of what they need to be doing because for the longest time they've been so exclusive, they haven't wanted to do uh, cross platform anything. But now they're realizing because Xbox decided to let that go, and they've been uh, handling things with PC so much, they're like, ah, oh, shit! You mean we could have tapped into this whole market? Which is why we see a lot of games coming to PC now, which is great because now that's going to expand their audience and potentially get people to buy PS5s or the next consoles whenever they realize, oh, hey, these exclusives are actually really cool. I would love to experience the other games that I missed out on that not, that might not come to PC. So Sony is pretty late to the game, so we're going to see them stumbling a lot. But yeah. at the same time, like, god damn, dude, at least throw me a cord. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, no, not including the cords. Actually. It's <laughs> them, like, trying to cut costs, but also, like, keeping the thing at a high price. We gave just, you a cord well.
3: when you got the PS5. Just deal with it.
1: Yeah, just deal with it. But, like, I, I here's, here's what I will say is I think having those multiple price points could work in their favor. The only flaw with it is that they don't have anything that is... At a low price point right now, like I feel like for them, it is medium and high. Yeah. You know, they are for the PC stuff, they are going for it, seems like high spec, right? It seems like this monitor is awesome. You know, all the stuff they do, they talk about. I watched through the, the Verge has a video um, that they put up on their channel kind of previewing the whole thing, and it seems really cool. It seems like these are top notch monitors that you can get. And so, for somebody who is in the market for that, that's not me, right? I'm not, I don't have $899 for a monitor. People do, right? And the people that are out there that do have that i'm sure we'll look at, at this as a oh shit, dude this sounds awesome let me get in there and then maybe if they're not already in the playstation ecosystem being able to buy in at the high at the high price point might make them look at the playstation 5 and go oh man let me get into in that at a medium price point the thing is there's not a low price point option for playstation right now and maybe because they're in the lead maybe because they're, they've been killing it they might not need one but when you switch over and you look at xbox for example right you have the series s which is great for a group of people group of people that want to hop into next gen or current gen and want to experience the next gen titles without paying up all the money for the 4k 60 fps all that shit if they want to hop in at a higher price point they can then hop in at xbox series x but then also coming up you have uh xbox cloud gaming coming to samsung tvs and coming to what like many devices that you may already own right and that's only going to continue to Proliferate. And so you have on Xbox all these different entry points that you can get price wise that makes it, I think, real easy for people to lean or get into that ecosystem. Whereas for PlayStation, it is. Here's a lot of money you can spend now on, and not even for PlayStation. This is Sony because I think InZone is going to be very separate from PlayStation. <laughs> but for Sony, you have here's the PC stuff that you can pay a lot of money for when when you're talking about the PC gaming brand stuff. And then you here's PS5 that you can get for five hundred dollars, which is still uh, a lot of money. But I I, I think you might want to get in a lower price option and maybe the discless there. Yeah, that no, that seems, seems kind of
2: scummy. <laughs> That's scummy as shit. So no.
1: <laughs> yeah. But who knows? Like, I would love to see some kind of three hundred or two hundred dollar option for PlayStation. But yeah, that might be a far-flung future. who knows? Oh, probably. Let's talk about something. That's a bit more near future. Uh, with story number three, Sonic Frontiers, Cyberspace Dimensions uh, features tr- traditional platforming stages. This is from Marcus Stewart at Game Informer. If you watched the uh, Nintendo Direct yesterday, you saw the new Sonic trailer. Bear showing it right now if you're a video watcher. Um, and in the, in the trailer, they have the fucking Cyberspace stuff where it is the linear Sonic levels. Um, I want to hop in. I'm going to hop in again to Marcus's uh, article here from Game Informer, but then I'll give my own little preview because I got to experience some of these levels at um, Summer Game Fest. And I'm not been able to talk about it until now but the article goes like this Sonic Frontier's open-zone format has been a centerpiece of discussion, and for good reason. Dropping Sonic in an open-world-style environment gives fans a new, bigger arena to roam around and go fast in. However, traditionalists may be happy to learn that Frontier's includes standard, linear platforming stages hidden in unlockable areas called cyberspace. I got to play one of these stages during my demo, and this is still uh, Game Informer talk- talking, uh, during Summer Game Fest Play Days a couple weeks weeks ago to get hands uh, on how these self-contained levels complement Frontier's exploration-heavy gameplay. As seen during today's Nintendo Direct Mini, while exploring the open world, which you can read about in my previous preview, uh, I collected special items called portal gears. You can obtain these gears by solving puzzles and completing other types of challenges throughout Starfall uh, Islands. And I'm going to chime in and say, I think it's primarily boss battles that you're getting those portal gears from. There's other puzzles and shit, but I don't know if those get you portal gears. I think those get you like other shit. And it's mainly the boss battles that'll get you the portal, ge- portal gears. Jumping back into the article, uh, presenting them at a, at stone landmarks. I didn't mean to do like a drive-by question. You're correction.
2: Allowed to breathe. Blessing! Oh my God! Take a deep breath! Holy shit!
1: Here's the thing: I don't want like the full show to be reading because there's so much reading that goes on in the show. So I like try to get through the articles and then get (laughs) into conversation. But. Back to the article. Presenting them at stone landmarks resembling a throne establishes a connection to the cyberspace, a digital dimension Sega describes as a, quote, game within a game. Cyberspace treats players to fast-paced platforming stages fans of 3D Sonic games will be intimately familiar with, providing a more focused diversion to open zone wandering. The futuristic stage I visited featured the same platforming trappings fans would come to expect. Uh, As I sprinted down the linear lane, I hopped on bounce pads, used my homing attack to ricochet off objects, and surfed rails until I reached the the finish line. Completing a cyberspace level rewards vault keys used to unlock new areas throughout Starfall Islands. This particular cyberspace stage didn't offer anything 3D Sonic veterans haven't seen before. Still, Frontiers improved controls meant uh, that it at least played a little better than the Hedgehog's, hedgehog's pre- recent outings. If nothing else, Cyberspace gives fans poc- fans pockets of familiarity while providing another di- diversion in Frontiers' world, which may which may a sewage a oh, sewage that's a new one a sewage some fans' concern about the game's perceived lack of activities a sewage.
2: I'm pretty sure it's a swage.
1: A sewage. Okay. A sw- <laughs> still, I don't Thank think I've God heard the word you're a here.
3: Stella. <laughs>
2: I'm,
1: I've never <laughs> once used the word a swage in real life or in an article before. That's a fire. Like, I'm adding that to sorry, the fucking rotation. Not gonna lie,
2: I started tuning out a little bit, and then I heard sewage, and I was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> I almost said a swage. I was like, oh, "A sewage, a sewage, a swage. I'm gonna start using that. That's fire. Stella, are you interested in Sonic at all? Uh,
2: not really. I'm not gonna lie. I know this is like, sorry, Chad. I'm gonna make him talk more, but um, I know that you're really excited for Sonic, but I guess Sonic was. Kind of, I, I just kind of missed that growing up. I, I did like the Sonic movie, which was cute. But I mean, watching this gameplay, it actually looks pretty cool. But what was that one game where you could make your own Sonic? Like you could make your own horses. Yeah, I remember that and being like, that would be really funny in today's con- like creation manager sort of thing. That'd be really cool. But I don't think that would work now. But it looks really cool. I'm happy for Sonic fans. I I have no, uh, what is it? No horse in the race. So no I'm like, I don't.
3: In the in, in the race, the in- no hedge in the hog,
1: <laughs> no hedge in the hog.
2: Yeah, yeah. This that. cyber
1: space, space stuff is dope as hell. Uh, This is the one thing I couldn't talk about in my preview, and it upset me because this was the coolest shit that was part of my preview, right? So, like, to kind of reiterate the article a little bit, you know, as you're exploring the open world of Sonic Frontiers, you are coming across like platforming challenges. You're coming across boss fights. All this stuff. You're basically hunting down bosses to then get keys to then open up these these essentially shrines, like in Breath of the oh. Wild. And these shrines will then lead you into linear Sonic levels that you can play through. And they're fucking awesome. Like, Greg, during our preview for Summer Game Fest, uh, talked about how there was a moment while I was playing Sonic where I it was me and Tim. We were sitting on the same couch, and, like, I was playing, and I had the headphones on. I get into the cyberspace level. I then take off my headphones, and I go, Tim, listen to this shit. <laughs> and I oh, give no. Tim the headphones, and Tim's like, oh, let's fucking go. Because, you know, for... How many people complain about the music of the open world and how like, oh, man, it's going to be this piano shit the entire time. That is where that's where the traditional. Oh, here's the the upbeat, like fucking dope shit plays. Right. Like the cyberspace levels play and sound like actual sonic levels, which I think is a smart way to do it. I think there's still a lot that uh, that is left to be desired. You know, like the cyberspace stuff does feel like um, in terms of aesthetic generic sonic bullshit just thrown all over the place in terms of here's Green Hill Zone, but it's not Green Hill Zone. It's a fucked up version of Green Hill Zone. Here's like a city level, but it's like a fucked up city level where like everything is everything is a is cyberspacey. It has like a cyberspace uh, kind of style okay. to it. It's like I I still have much desire from that stuff, but I think in terms of the gameplay loop of fight bosses get the keys do a linear sonic level get back Mm. into the open world search for more shit do more platforming challenges fight another boss get more keys do another sonic linear level i really like that i think that's a really fun way to go about it um i still hope they delay the game (laughs) i still hope that like they really polish polish it because now i'm at the point that i'm so excited for it that i just i want it to be good i want it to be polished i want it to be pristine and there's still a lot of technical stuff in there that I don't think is pristine. That I think you know could use way more development time and way more uh, TLC in there. But hey, what we'll is see. it
2: supposed to be released?
1: Holiday. There's not a, a strict oh, release okay. date. It just says holiday, which gives room for it to delay. Yeah, I think
2: I think they have time.
1: There's some holidays in February. Yeah, <laughs> there are some holidays. I mean, they do say holiday 2022. But, uh, you know, just be like, just be like, oh, actually, the holiday was Valentine's Day, 2023. We're just. Yeah. We're just if that. anything,
2: they can always have launch day updates, which I know people always shit on. But I mean, it's better than nothing. So
1: that's true. That's true. Stella, before we get into our next news story, I want to let people out there know about Patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors.
0: This podcast is brought to you by something Tim literally uses every day, AG1. Tim's birthday is June 30th, and he decided to give himself the gift of taking care of his body with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. Tim mixes AG1 with his water, loves the taste and says he's feeling better than ever. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com kind of funny again that's athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance and we're back hey blessing. doing his best. what's up Stella
2: since barrett won't marry you in final fantasy 14 you can get your vitamin d dose with athletic greens with
1: athletic Greens. Hey. 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 Let's hop into story number four. We got a couple of review roundups for you. Both DNF Duel and Monster Hunter Rise, uh, the DLC Sunbreak, uh, have reviews popped this morning and I think yesterday as well. Uh, we're, let's start off with DNF Duel. Right now, that's sitting on Metacritic at a 79. It's sitting at an 80 on OpenCritic. Ronnie Barrier at IGN <laughs> gave it an 8 out of 10 oh, and shout says out to that... Ronnie. Yeah, Shout out to Ronnie. We loved Ronnie. Absolutely adore. I don't know who Ronnie is, but I, I adore him <laughs> because it was a pretty good review. Uh DNF Duel's simplified inputs make it a great game for beginners to pick up, press a few buttons, and get right into the action. However, that simplicity doesn't mean it's it all it is not also a great game to play play online after you really understand the complex mechanics underneath those inputs and how any two characters interact with one another. Getting from that first point to the second may dissolve into a series of frustrating knowledge checks until you learn the hard way that uh you can you can the hard way what you can and can't do. But on the other side of the grind is a fun fighting game with enough hidden depth to hopefully sustain a player base that thrives on continued discovery. And then Connor Macar at Video Game at uh, VG247 gave it 4 out of 5 stars and says, "DNF is a perplexing cocktail of well-implemented accessibility options that make it pleasing to the senses on the initial sip." Keep drinking, and you'll be confronted with a bewildering mix of intense flavors. Uh, I love how metaphorical Uh, this is. Okay. (laughs) That will surprise everyone. Hey, VG247 get into the writer's bag when they're writing a review, all right? This is an IGN. This is where the poetry comes out. Uh, An intense mix of flavors that will surprise everyone. (laughs) Uh, Hit the spot for some and revolt others. Drink deeper still, and you'll see the full depth of the glass with subtle tones that you can spend hours figuring it out. In an an industry slowly and often clumsily stomping towards some nebulous washed out esports future, where it feels as though all games must be perfectly balanced with big bucks competitive gaming in mind, I'm happy that some developers like Aiding and Arc System Works remain willing to make games that are still a little jank, still a little busted. DNF Duel is unapologetic and a lot of fun. For Dungeon Fighter fans, this is obviously a great purchase. For fans of the genre, the same thing goes. Stella, are you a fighting game person at all? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> you have it? Have you, have you peeped DNF Duel at
2: all? I have not. I, I know that uh, Ronnie was working on the uh, review, so that's like all I knew about it. Um, I know that also uh, Mitchell Saltzman at IGN is also a huge oh. uh, fighting game uh, player, but I I don't know. I just I liked Killer Instinct, which was super fun, but I'm just not very good at these games. So uh, yeah, I, I never really got into them. I think the art still looks cool, but. <laughs> You know. That's the thing is, art system works.
1: <laughs> like if they get every single every single thing wrong, they'll still get art art style right. Like they they know how to oh, make yeah. a game look good, whether it's Dragon Ball Fighters, whether it's Guilty Gear Drive or whether it's mm-hmm. this. Like this game looks gorgeous, and I love that you mentioned Mitchell Saltzman because Mitchell Saltzman is one that uh, is a dude who I play fighting games with here and there because we're all in like a games press fighting games Discord, and so like usually when we're reviewing games <laughs> like this, we'll go to the Discord and be like, "Yo, who has X Y Z? All right, let's battle. Let's 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 squad what? up." Uh, okay. Sadly, didn't get to do that much with this because the online wasn't turned on uh, pre-release, and so like I've I've only had to wait until the game was actually out to play online a little bit, and that's actually mm. when I started playing. Period. And th- this is one that I want to spend a little bit more time with, but I'm not as engaged with as much as I was engaged with Guilty Gear Strive and and okay. Arc System Works games of the past. Like it looks cool. It has that that Arc Systems games feel. Which means like it's a good feeling fighting game if you love 2d fighters the thing for me is that the balancing so far feels a bit aggressively uh, aggressive for newcomers in a way where they do the thing they do the cool thing where they kind of simplify the the move set in terms of uh if you press x x is basically your special button so you press right x you press down x you're you're uh, executing moves similar to smash bros Right? It's that easy. You're not having to worry okay. about all these quarter circles or all, all these advanced inputs. Dude, the, fuck the quarter
2: circles. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, and that that's the thing is for new for newcomers or more casual players, like that's gonna be such a great thing. Oh, but yeah. it, I'm I've been getting my ass kicked by people who <laughs> people who pick up certain characters that are good at spamming projectiles and just that just like fucking go off. Like there's a character, I think her name might be launcher or something along those lines, but every single <laughs> one of her moves is a projectile move. And that was my first person that I fought on ranked uh, against a player. Oh, wow. And I tell okay. you that the whole match was the, just them throwing shit at me, one after the <laughs> other. And me playing as this as this character who, like, I had gone through arcade with. I played in the beta as well, and I was doing fa- fairly decent with them. And I, like, I, I did a little bit of the story mode. Hopped into online with that character, fought against launcher, and was just getting my shit kicked in in a way that just wasn't fun. Because I was sitting there like, I don't know how to get out of this. I am just yeah. getting rained on, right? Yeah. And like, you know, I like hopped into other online matches too and fared a little bit better. But it was the thing of, ah, oh, there's something that just doesn't feel as fluid in this game compared to other games. Like compared to like even Guilty Gear Strive, because I think that is the easiest comparison when you're talking about arc system systems mm. works. Uh, the balancing feels a bit ag- aggressive once you like get past that first hill, and then I think there comes a place where you emerge on that higher tier and it's like cool now i'm ready to compete now that i am among like the people that know how this fucking game works and know knows how it plays i'm ready to compete but i think for i think for a fighting game experience you want it you want it to have a steady flow progression where none of those points feel super frustrating whether you're at the beginning or you're at the middle right you don't want the only people to be having fun in your game to be the people at the higher tiers or the people that know how to spam shit um that said you know again the game is pretty uh the movement feels great the characters i think are awesome i like the different move sets um it seems like if you're a dungeon fighter fan you're going to be into this because this game is based off of the dungeon fighter franchise uh but right now if i had to recommend a fighting game from arc system works i'd be like i don't know man go back and play guilty Your strive because guilty Your strive still has it and also i think it was an update recently that um uh will appeal to people that are, are looking to jump in with something with newer content but that's DNF duel Stella, let's talk <laughs> about Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Are you a Monster Hunter person?
2: Oh, I used to play Monster Hunter World a lot. So for some reason, Rise didn't resonate with me as uh, as much as World did. I think mm-hmm. maybe because of the uh, it was originally on the Switch, and I was like, oh, I don't really like this as much. Um, I know it went back to the more classic Monster Hunter uh, mechanics, which is probably why it didn't resonate. It didn't resonate with me as much. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked the more modernized uh, Monster Hunter World. So yeah
1: <laughs> well, i want for this roundup i want to bring in one review from tom marks at ign i uh, tom hey, gave i know us. that
2: guy <laughs>
1: tom is lovely i met tom once at a person of five so sweet. world yeah. review event and he is the sweetest person i've ever met uh, so nicest. shout out to tom marks uh right now mh mh rise sunbreak is sitting at an 86 on metacritic and 89 on open critic and yeah ign gave it a 7 out of 10 this is tom marks monster Hunter rise sunbreak is a relatively simple expansion but that doesn't mean it isn't a whole lot of fun the new and returning monsters and locales are all top-notch, and the renewed grind is one I'm excited to spend lots more time in. That said, Sunbreak isn't nearly as substantial or surprising as Iceborne was uh, for Monster Hunter World, uh, lacking fresh ideas beyond clever AI followers that are restricted to single-player hunts and even abandoning rampage quests without really trying to fill, fill the gap uh, their absence that absence left flying through flying through the air on Rise's wirebugs is still an absolute blast, though. And anyone who enjoyed the base game will definitely enjoy the shot in the arm Sunbreak's creative monsters provide, even if you may eventually start to feel like you're hunting through a familiar jungle in more ways than one. Stella, what would it take for Monster Hunter Rise to get you back in?
2: I don't know. um, it's not it's not anything it's doing wrong. Like, it's a great monster in our game i just i don't know i just i'm not into the the whole grinding right now i guess like i just want to play the most grinding that i've done in a game recently is probably in v rising where it's like you build your own base and stuff and that's more incentivizing to me than like getting armor and such so for me i think that's like the most uh incentivizing thing at the moment for grinding i'm just like i don't really want to spend too much time in a game because i did that with monster in a world already and i'm like i don't know if i'm ready for a game like that again
1: Yeah, that's the thing is, Monster Hunter strikes me as the, as a, oh, you got to be in the mood for this kind of game. And Monster Hunter Rise has been one that I've been keeping a little bit of an eye on because I've, I've always wanted to try out Monster Hunter, but I've never been in the right mindset for it. And I remember talking to Imran like a year ago when Mm -hmm. Monster Hunter Rise first came out and he was like, yo, this is about to be, this is one of the best games of the year. This is the shit. If you like, if you're interested in Monster Hunter, jump in now. And I never just, I just never found that opportunity to want to hop in. And Monster Hunter Rise seems like another another opportunity, but I'm still in the place where I'm like, ah, do I want to do it? You know, and I know talking to other people, like even talking to Greg or talking to Kevin, you Know there are people that are there that were very into Monster Hunter world, but I think with world not being super long ago, right? I guess it was what four years ago, which might be long at this point, yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't feel long. You know, I, I there are so many people that probably got that energy out there where you, you've already been through the Monster Hunter grind recently. Do you want to go through the Monster Hunter grind again so soon, or do you want to wait yeah. for the next? Monster Hunter World Two, or like whatever the next big monster Hunter game is after Rise, like I can kind of see that that separation. That said, you know, whenever one of these trailers pops up at a Nintendo Direct or pops up at whatever show like at a Capcom showcase, I'm always like, oh, that seems pretty interesting. That seems cool. Yeah, like one a- of these days I might pick up Monster Hunter,
2: yeah, it's a fun game. it's It's a fun game if you want to spend some time in like you know, hunting monsters um using cool ass weapons. but just I, I I did a lot of the grinding and with with world and when I played Rise, I was like, I don't know. something just. Maybe I'm just, like, beyond the the whole grinding system now. Because, like, mm. I remember it taking forever in World to get, like, a specific uh, gem that I needed to make one armor set complete. And I was like, I, I, I can't do that again.
1: <laughs> Story number five. Skull and Bones appears to be arriving in November. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Ubisoft's open-world pirate game Skull and Bones will reportedly release on November 8th after years of troubled development. As reported by Eurogamer, industry insider at Illumia.com underscore Italia, shared on Twitter that a release date had been found amid an apparent Xbox store entry, also listing a plethora, a plethora of DLC packs for the game. These include a pre-order bonus, Bloody Bones Legacy Mission, the Ashen Corsair Mission, the Sub Smuggler Pass Token, a digital soundtrack an art book, and premium bonus pack. While it's unclear exactly what these are individually, their placements on the Xbox store certainly implies that Ubisoft is nearing an official announcement of Skull & Bones' release date, from which from which point players will be able to pre-order it. Repeated leaker Tom Henderson subsequently followed up to add weight to the no- November 8th release date. Cool. Skull & Bones is one that I... It doesn't do it for me, but I find it fascinating just in the sense that it's been in just a, a place of fucking... Just in the ether, right? For like the last five years. Like they, Ubisoft announced it it kind of went away and we've known of its existence Mm -hmm. and it seems like it's it's about to come back out of nowhere of you stop being like and it's out this fall and i'm very excited to see how it does because i i watched the the leaked trailer or like the leaked gameplay breakdown that came out a few months ago it looks interesting it looks all right it looks like a video game
2: so there's no official gameplay footage or anything of it out right now not I, since
1: they I recently thought, revealed yeah. it. Yeah,
3: like I thought. I, I remember them showing like a little bit of like the idea of it when they are like, "Ah, this is the no, 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 yeah, spiritual no. successor to." No, no, no. Um, they Assassin's the Assassin's Creed no. Black Flag, but you can only be on your ship. And was, they, that's like, the thing is they show the ship versus <laughs> ship gameplay.
2: See that? Okay, that okay. That's nice, but that's not enough. I mean, here's the thing: we want concrete, especially from Ubisoft. Like, here's the thing: Ubisoft they. Can make good games, but they just haven't. They have not understood what exactly gamers want in this current environment. And they have not been able to hit with their FPS games. I mean, Hyperscape was a mess and X Defiant, whatever, that's not even like being, I don't know, talked about anymore. But like they have been missing so much on their games. And like I have people work at was I would love them, but like they need to understand what it is that people want in this current atmosphere of gaming. And I'm really hoping that Skull and Bones is a decent game but the fact that they haven't really shown a whole lot makes me a little bit worried uh because i mean listen i i want some concrete shit to make sure that oh cool if i'm going to sink time into this or like if i'm going to actually jump into this i want to make sure it's something that i'm interested in because for the longest time ubisoft just has not been at the top of their game and i don't i don't know why it just seems like they're like a few years behind on what people wanted. Like it, it
1: feels what, like an identity crisis almost, right? Yeah, like, like what kind of games do we want to make, and how do we double down on that?
2: Yeah, and like, um, what was it? Uh, people, people were like, "Oh, the newest X Defiant was the was that the Tom Clancy game that no, was Rainbow getting...
1: Six Extraction might be the one." Well, X no, Defiant. No, there's
2: another one. X
1: Defiant is like the collaboration tom clancy where it's like all these different tom clancy games And
2: and people are like this is not what anyone ever wanted why are you making this no one asked for any of this so it's like i I feel like they're just very out of tune with what their community wants Mm. so um I, i mean they always do really well with assassins creed games but that's like the one thing that they have anymore but and, now
3: now it seems like they're turning that into a service game with Assassin's Creed Infinity or Infinite or whatever the hell they're calling yeah. oh it. Like, my oh my god,
2: that's right. Yeah, the oh. one
3: their one W this year will be Sparks of Hope, the Mario and rabbits game, but it won't be considered <laughs> a Ubisoft either. W because that's gonna that's a Nintendo license, you know yeah hey I, I, don't play,
1: know. I played roller champions for a day I had a decent yeah time for it. a day that's fun yeah, time and then is, you went is...
3: back to knockout city bless and then i went back is. to knockout <laughs> city and had a
1: lot of fun uh, the, here's what i'll say about skull and bones at that original reveal what five years ago at this point uh they showed that ship versus ship gameplay and it seemed very like eh, as it seems whatever like are you told me i'm not gonna be able to get off my ship in this game like yeah what did you guys I'd not I'd learn any
3: black flag at that point you know yeah at or that point it's like go to see thieves yeah yeah you can
2: have a you could you could have a cat. You could have a dog.
1: And, the, and this is this is what I'll say though. In the leaked gameplay that was <laughs> leaked a few months ago, it does it does seem like they're answering for a lot of people's complaints with that original thing. Like it seems like they went back and revamped a lot of those ideas and try to lean into more Sea of Thieves-ish type gameplay. And so that gives me hope, but I will say that it is still Ubisoft. <laughs> and so like I would not be surprised if this week or next week we get the skull and bones reveal we go oh shit all right that looks fine that looks all right and then the game comes out and then you have it you people play it for a week and then the 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 content isn't there to yeah. to, to make it live right like you play it for a week and you go and you go oh where's all the shit where's all the cool cosmetics oh where's all the different missions i can go on to like exactly going? where's the cross play
2: they have good ideas, they're just not able to execute on them very well. And it sucks. And I feel like they're just not connected with their audience or the community at all. And there needs to be an open line of communication so that they can actually iron these things out. And here's the thing: they need they have they test a lot of games and they keep things very like, hey, you can't do this, 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 like you can't show any of this. Like, but we'll like we want your feedback, but they don't really do anything with that. So the fact that they make it so closed off to who they test these products with also is hurting their end product. So Hmm. I'm really hoping that Skull and Bones is going to be something that people want to play because it looks interesting. I like the realistic graphics, so I'm kind of hopeful. But at the same time, I see Ubisoft and I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to be very hesitant about this. So, well,
1: Stella, let me sprinkle in some positive Ubisoft (laughs) news for you with story number six. Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. I get some new details. This is Chastity Vicencio, the homie at news.ubisoft.com. Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope is coming to Nintendo Switch on October 20th, bringing back beloved heroes Mario, Rabbit, Peach, and Rabbid Luigi, and teaming up with them new allies, including a very unexpected one, Bowser. Bowser brings his explosive set of skills to his team as he fights alongside Mario to free his bewitched minions from the grasp of the mysterious entity known as Cursa. During today's Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope Showcase, Ubisoft announced that new composers were joining the adventure. Legendary composer Yoko Shimomura and the multi-award winning Gareth Coker. Acclaimed video game composer Grant Kirkhope also returns to the franchise after masterfully scoring Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Let me tell you, Stella, Mm -hmm. when it comes to Mario Plus Rabbids, uh, that's not really my type of game. I'm not like a real-time strategy person whatsoever. I <laughs> usually look at those games and I go, ugh, trash pile, <laughs> not for me. I'm not playing this bullshit. I did have a passive interest in Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, uh, especially last year when they first announced Sparks of Hope. I infamously, down- I infamously bought the game on a stream, downloaded it, and then just did not touch it. Spar- Sparks of Hope, I've given up, I've kind of given it up right of i'm not gonna play this game it's not my kind of game and i've come to turn i've come to peace with that here's what i'll say (laughs) This fucking, this fucking award winning cast of composers is making me go, oh shit, I might need to play this shit. You're, it's you're telling so me,
2: cute. You're
1: telling me Yoko Shimamura, the composer of Kingdom Hearts, fantastic, fantastic soundtracks on them ones. <laughs> Gareth Coker, who's done such classics as Ori in the Blind Forest and Ori in the Will of the Wisp. And then returning, Grant Kirkhope, the goat, who's done Banjo and DK64 and a fucking a, a million amount of fu- fucking fantastic soundtracks from where? That is an amazing lineup of composers. At the very least, I'll be listening to the soundtrack (laughs) if I don't play this game.
2: This is so cool, though. Honestly, I have not. So when I first saw the Mario and Rabbids team up, I was like, oh, my God, what is this? But then I actually started seeing gameplay and I heard people talk about it. And it's actually really interesting and fun. So the fact that the gameplay is pretty engaging, I think that's that says something about how they've been able to create this game and mesh the two worlds. And I think that's really cool. Also, I, I, Oh my God. I saw the cute little, um, oh, what is it? The, the, the rabbit star. So cute. I want a plushie. Oh, of
3: that. Oh yeah. The rabbit. I want Luma. A plushie.
2: Yes. I want a plushie of that. It's so cute. I
3: will the rabbit is adorable. I will say uh, as someone definitely not into games like XCOM and stuff. I, I really gravitated towards, uh, Kingdom Battle, the first one. And, and like, this is mm. definitely, like, a, a highly anticipated game for for me this year. Probably out of all of the uh, the new games coming out this year, it's probably my most anticipated as of right now. Maybe Ragnarok comes out this year. I, I wish I was
1: this. more into this kind of game because, like, the art style dope, is man. fantastic. dope, man. It's really
3: great. I think you should give it another shot.
1: I also, I also do have beef with rabbits. I don't like
3: those little guys. Oh, <laughs> I, don't? I don't think no. anybody They're
1: loves like worse the Rabbids, you oh know? Like, that's definitely
3: an aspect where it's, like, very whatever, but it's still such a fun time. Wait, like, so
2: this plays like XCOM then?
3: Yeah, the first one is like literally grid-based. Uh, oh XCOM. my
2: god, hold on. So, yeah. so my boyfriend plays XCOM and loves those games. I think I'm gonna have to make him play this game.
3: <laughs> Do it.
2: <laughs> oh my god, this looks that that's so dumb. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I and like it seems. Here's the thing that got me to in the write-up. I didn't include everything, but one of the things they mentioned in the write-up is that like there is a bit more action and, and exploration infused into the gameplay and that's the thing that does appeal to me you know and they re- they double down in the write-up too saying hey for casual players or new players alike like we got you like this is going mm-hmm. to appeal to you so i don't know when it comes out maybe i'll try it i'll give yeah. it a shot at the very least maybe. for yoko Shimomura.
2: Yeah, maybe it'll like ease you into learning how to play XCOM, and then you can play that. You know,
1: I mean, honestly, I would love that because I want yeah. to get into Midnight Suns as well. That game looks super cool, and if Mario and Rabbids is the gateway drug into getting to more games like that, and then eventually I do play <laughs> XCOM, Imagine.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: it would be such a that would be such a fantastic way to go. Like that's that's the best case scenario for me. But I feel like with everybody, there are like those genres that just never just never click with you, right? And yeah. like I've never been able to make it happen with these real-time strategy games, yeah. even though I love chess. I feel like that is like the one weird thing, is that I fucking love chess as a video, as a, not, not a video game, but maybe sometimes it's a video game, but like, I love chess as a game, right? <laughs> like, let me fucking you know, be strategic. Let me place mm. things out. Let me figure also, out my next turn. Plus, I don't move. think
3: these are RTSs, I'm going to be honest with you.
1: I, what, what, what's the correct term for the genre, for the XCOM, the XCOM types? Just strategies? Turn-based strategies?
3: I think it's a strategy.
1: Just strategy? So it's a okay. strategy game. Okay, even still, like that's not my type of shit. See, that's how it, much it's of my, not real not my time because
3: it. it is like a little bit turn based in that sense. That's true.
1: Like I like, uh, don't call star- it
3: turn based strategy because that's more of like Final Fantasy and Persona and stuff like that. No, and, this and, uh, is and Pokemon. us right?
1: I guess like real time is more StarCraft. I would th- mm-hmm. I would think that this is turn based strategy.
2: But they don't. Okay. Kind of funny.
1: Slash I don't know. I don't,
2: I don't. fuck with these games, so I don't know. <laughs> I think the
3: ter-
1: when you're talking about JRPG
3: battle systems, if there's I think no just flesh gun, Stella doesn't want it. Uh, does uh, Stella doesn't want anything to do with it? You know.
2: Just give me a Glock. <laughs> <laughs>
3: a flesh clock. Uh, Story number seven, to round out the Roper Report,
1: we got more casts for the Fallout Amazon series. This is Joel Otterson at Variety. The Fallout TV series adaptation at Amazon has added Kyle McLaughlin, Zelia Mendez-Jones, and Aaron Moten to its cast uh, as series regulars Variety has learned exclusively. The trio joined previously announced cast members Ella Purnell and Walton Goggins in the series version of the popular video game franchise. As with past casting announcements, exact details on who the new additions will be playing are kept under Wraps, uh stella is this one that you're looking forward to the fallout amazon series
2: yeah i mean look uh, if you told me like a few years ago that amazon was doing a fallout series i would be very concerned because i love fallout i actually mm. i'm not i mean i don't i'm not wearing a shirt that can show it but i'm wearing i have a stim pack uh tattoo on my arm so oh, i'm i'm the way that they've handled the boys uh and from what i've heard wheel of time uh, I, I feel like they're on the right track to making good shows. So I, I feel more hopeful that this is actually going to be a good show. And I I love the Fallout universe. I think it's so cool. I will literally go down rabbit holes just looking up different vaults and different experiments and like world lore. It is so cool. There's so much to unlock. So it makes me really excited to see that they are making this. Um, now I'm very curious to see what storyline they're going to follow or like where it's going to fit in on the timeline if it's going to be in its, its own thing. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah,
1: I'm excited too. Yeah, you know, I don't, I have those same questions of what what is the story gonna be here? Is it gonna go out? I I kind of doubt it's gonna go after any sort of adapting any specific Fallout game. I don't think mm-hmm. it's gonna be like a Fallout Three. You're in the Capital Wasteland or a Fallout Four. You're in Boston. I would think that you pick maybe your own uh, region. Maybe you do middle of America or find some new like iconic city like a Seattle or something uh, to, to double down on and really create vibrant. That is the question I have with that though: is what kind of setting matches up well with what fallout usually does with the history and like icon status of the cities it tackles because with new vegas obviously you have las Mm -hmm. vegas and las vegas is like lots there's a lot to tackle there right boston has a lot of history to it dc has a lot of history to it i think fallout does a pretty good job of choosing specific i forget what Fallout 76 was but they had like the theme song that was like um uh what the i forget what the song was Barry you know what which one I'm talking about no I don't
2: <laughs> for 76
1: for 70, 76 had a theme song West Virginia, West Virginia. West Virginia. Thank, you, Nana. thank you yes oh. no I had that that kind of like I think gave a little bit of character but I think that was probably the, the least no offense to West Virginia the least iconic setting in terms of what Fallout has done in recent times yeah mm. I wonder where they can go give me Chicago Hollywood. like a prohibition era Ooh, Hollywood would be sick actually
2: yeah that'd be super cool
3: i would love that <laughs> i also I, I love that they got the guy from twin peaks uh in, in this cast and especially with the i forget the actor who's like uh cast is like the lead role or whatever but i hope mm. it seems like with the the cast that they're getting so far that they might be getting like weird with it which you know i'm down for i'm down for oh it. you got you got to get weird with Fallout.
1: i think that's, oh, yeah. that's that's the only way you can do it but yeah like chicago prohibition era i feel like that'd be sick uh there was another uh, there was another one in chat somebody said kansas they get Kansas out of here. Nobody wants, <laughs> nobody wants <New> Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants Kansas. Uh, New Orleans was the one in chat that I really like. New Orleans Fallout. That would be, really fallout, cool. be yeah.
2: off. You know what would be so cool if you could go to like you could visit the under like underwater portions. Like a, the, if the city sank, you could go to the underwater portions. That'd be so cool. Because like. Could, that'd be sick you could like change your uh, uh what is it oh my god you could you could change your power suit to like a scuba suit so you can breathe underwater water oh, yeah. that'd be so sick not
1: experience the the nuclear whatever like you can survive that that'd uh, be so cool honestly what we're describing right now is a game i don't i don't even want the I fallout know, know. tv show to get the i want the next game to be we're, new yeah, Orleans. yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh stella i'm so excited for whatever wherever the next fallout game ends up being but us getting the next fallout game is just so far away at least like 15 years if if we're looking at them making starfield and elder scrolls uh but stella if i want to know what's coming out to mom and shops today yeah where'd i look
2: well the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday
1: yeah <laughs> Out today, we got Corpse Factory for Switch and PC, Hillbilly Doomsday for Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation, The Legend of Boombo for Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, and PC, and then Pachi Pachi 2 on a roll for Wes. I need a spell check PS4. on The
3: Legend of Boombo. Uh,
1: <laughs> Boombo is spelled B U M
3: Bumbo. Bumbo. The Legend of Boombo. All right, B U M B O. Why does this look like? Oh, it's a. Pre, is it a prequel to Bizing, uh, uh, *Binding of Isaac*?
2: Bizing?
3: Binding? of Isaac. There's no way it's a prequel to. Binding I think of Binding. it is. Hold on. When pull it up, yeah. I'm, There's no. On, way. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. <gasps> oh. my god.
2: Oh. My god. Huh.
1: But oh, it's a different genre though. Yeah. Oh. I've never heard of this. Oh, dude, it's it's, this it's one of those cool. real time oh. strategies.
2: Stop. <laughs> Shut the
1: fuck up. Bless.
2: Yes. <laughs> Shut up. Oh my god. Oh, this, shit, is, this... this is. It was kind of cool.
3: Oh, someone says oh, hey, not is. blessing. As... Mm. Hmm? No, go ahead, sell.
2: Oh no, the moment's passed.
1: <laughs> it was gonna be some fleshy or perverted bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Nah,
2: there there was poop all over, in there, and then I was like, oh, blessing. I didn't know you made it into a video game, but anyway. oh, how
1: fucking
0: dare you? How fucking wow.
3: dare you. <laughs> wow. wow, wow, Consider this as your last games daily. Bear, what was that you gonna say? Uh, someone in the chat says not a prequel technically, but related. Okay. Interesting. Well, there you have it. The New dates for of you. Boombo.
1: Tombstar, <laughs> the bullet hell space western shooter from Crossy Road developer Andy Sum and, and Co., is coming to Steam on July 20th. And then Star Ocean 6, the Divine Force, is launching on, on October 27th. Uh, deal of the day for you PS Plus Essential Games lineup has been confirmed. You're getting Crash for. It's about time. Uh, Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Medan, and then Arcadageddon. Those are your PS Plus games for the next month. So get hyped for that. Now it's time. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash funny games and listening later on podcast services around the globe globe globe, globe, globe. uh golden spider says mario plus rabbits is a turn-based strategy like XCOM and civ a real-time strategy is like starcraft total war etc i appreciate that i think that's the gospel we're going with because that sounds right nah
3: the science Did that description
2: did that description uh assuage you
3: it did. A, it it assuaged me, Stella. It assuaged me. Listen,
2: I don't come to work
1: at 10 a.m. to be bullied in the middle of a show. All right? It's a sewage. That's and exactly I'm saying <laughs> what you do.
2: Why not? <laughs>
1: Listen, I get paid money to get bullied, so I'm down with it. All right? I'm down for it. Uh, tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Greg and Mike Biffle So get hyped for that. If you're watching this live right now on Twitch, after this is some Disney Mirrorverse uh, for a sponsored stream with Greg, Tim, and Mike. Then afterwards, we're getting some Cycle Frontier. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreoncom slash we So stick around for that. Otherwise, well, actually, before I before I check off, uh, Stella, where can people find you?
2: <laughs> yeah, god damn it! <laughs> uh, you can find me everywhere at Parallax Stella. I stream in, uh every day after work. Sometimes I stream with uh, Blessing. We talk about butts a lot uh, after hours, so that's great. Uh, yeah. I and you can find you me play a lot of Apex. I do. I do You're a lot Apex, of Apex. God. i play a lot of apex but i've actually been getting into v rising um i've actually been going back to minecraft too because it's it's such a chill game yeah oh yeah um what is the latest
1: big project you've uh, you've worked on for work
2: oh god reviews
1: any cool articles any cool things you're are you you do the (laughs) daily fix correct
2: i I do the compete fix so that's our esports fix yeah so that's every monday um But I am actually working on, after this, I'm going to go back to work and work on a uh, Outriders World Slayer Tips and Tricks video. So y'all can uh, keep an eye out on that for at IGN.com. So, yeah.
1: Hell yeah. We got a post show to do. So until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Game Daily.